This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, it's been a spectacular Premier League weekend and it will, I think, affect things at the end of the season, at least in relation to Arsenal and Manchester City. But the really outstanding achievement of the weekend was Harry Kane breaking the goal-scoring record at Tottenham. He scored one more goal now than the great Jimmy Greaves, who John, of course, played against. I played against Jimmy Greaves myself, but Jimmy Greaves was a great, great player. And Harry Kane has had a a tough career in many respects, uh, and what he has achieved in a Spurs team that never really has won anything, is remarkable. But we're joined now by Liam Brady and John Giles to discuss all of the weekend's Premier League games. Liam, I'll start with you and Harry Kane. Jimmy Greaves' record was 2-6-6 for Spurs. Harry made it 2-6-7 yesterday. He was out on loan, Liam, as a young player at Leighton Orient, Millwall, Norwich and Leicester. So that tells and he scored a few goals there, but not all that many. And from all of that, he's now gone on to, I think, be one of the great English players. What's your take on Harry and the fact that he's broken this record in the team that haven't exactly been scooping up trophies? Well, uh, first of all, I'd say I'm a great English goal scorers. Yeah, great English players. Well, not for me, you know. Right. Uh, I, I don't think he's in the class of some of the uh, players that uh, we've seen score goals and play for England. For example, Jimmy Greaves. So yes, G- G- Jimmy. Jimmy was a boy wonder at Chelsea. You know, he, was, he yeah. started off and uh, he scored loads of goals for Chelsea as well. So it's Harry Kane's beaten Jimmy's career record at Spurs, but not overall. You know, Jimmy yes. scored goals, uh, uh, lots of goals for Chelsea. He scored a few for West Ham at the end of his career. And of course, he scored 12 goals, 12 league goals at AC Milan in about 15 games because Jimmy, Jimmy was a bit special. Uh, but Harry Kane's achievement, 
is remarkable because, as you say, I mean, he wasn't he, he, he wasn't a boy wonder by far from it. He was a late developer who kept working at his game. Uh, he kept uh, uh, trying to develop his skills, uh, and he's he's a great um, how can I say a great uh, example of somebody who's worked very very hard yes. at the game to take him to the very top. I hold my hands up. Yeah, great goal scorer, but uh, world class player. No, right, and that's a very good assessment, John. Your assessment of him because I remember a long time ago now. When we first saw him play at Spurs, I remember you were always very, very keen on him, even before he became an international and a kind of household name. But I think Liam's assessment is probably fair enough. But from unpromising beginnings, I mean, going to Leighton Orient, he scored five goals there in 18 matches. He went to Millwall, then he went to Norwich, uh, no goals <laughs> on his loan spell. Then he went to Leicester. So, it, it, as Liam has confirmed, he, he did it the hard way. Well, he certainly did, Eamon. And, you know, go back to Jimmy Greaves. Jimmy, Jimmy was, a, was a one-off in, among all these great players, in my opinion. Yes. He scored more than 100 goals for Chelsea before he went to Spurs. Yes. yes. You know, so with all these great players, Eamon, they're all different. And Jimmy, Jimmy was probably the best goal scorer I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, he, he was a goal scorer. But I, I think Harry Kane has become a great player. Yes. Uh, in his own right, in not yes. Jimmy Greaves. There's very, very few like Jimmy Greaves. But Harry Kane actually makes a lot of goals. Uh, yes, yes. You know, he comes to him, he makes goals, he scores goals. Uh, and I, I think he has I, I has reached uh, world class. Yes. And he's not playing in a great team, don't forget. I mean, he's not playing with, with Manchester United at the best, and Manchester City at the best, or yes. Liverpool at the best. So he's doing his worst. So uh, that's, that's my take on him. But Jimmy Greaves... I don't think there's anybody like Jimmy Greaves that in, in my time that I can remember and what he did and the goals he scored. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think Harry Kane has done it in his own his own particular way. Yes, and I think, uh, to be fair to, to the distinction Liam makes, he's right to make the distinction between, you know, Jimmy Greaves' career elsewhere and the goals he scored elsewhere. Harry oh, Kane. yeah, no, I've no doubt about, I've no yeah. doubt about that. I, I, I would agree totally with Liam yeah. in, that, in that way, you know, but, uh, because... Greaves, Greaves was the genius. Yeah. Uh, Harry, Grain and Harry Kane will never be a, a genius like uh, Jimmy Greaves. But what he's done from the position he's in, the teams he's played in, uh, you know, I, I think if he was playing in, in one of the teams that have done particularly well, he, he'd score even more goals. But he makes goals as well. Right, that's, that's only my opinion on it, Eamon. Right, well, there's no, there's no better opinion than yours and Liam's. Well, uh, put it this way, Eamon, yeah. I was well pleased with him yesterday. Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, very happy that he got the winner against Manchester City. Yeah, well, he uh, <laughs> was world class yesterday. He <laughs> was, he was. I put him up there yeah. with the very best. Shot. Actually, he missed, <laughs> he, he missed the shot. Um, but anyway, that's a, let's go back to the to that particular game, uh, Liam. Uh, City have played five times on the Pep Guardiola before yesterday at White Hart Lane. They haven't won any of the games, and they haven't scored. It, it's remarkable how some. Grounds have a hoodoo on you, but I don't know what Pep's up to. He left De Bruyne out of the team yesterday. He left Gundogan out of the team. He left Diaz, who's probably his best defender. Laporte, who's also a good defender. And he played a kid called Nico Lewis, and papers are raving about him this morning. He played during the week as well. 
he's just a kid, and he doesn't look particularly special. So what do you make of City now? Well, we, we, we've had this discussion so many times, Eamon, that you yeah. really don't know what Pep Guardiola is going to do, you know, from no. one week to the next. He could have a great win one week, and then the following week he'll change things completely. Yes. You know? I, I know De Bruyne is not having a great season, but he is he is a guy that can come up with something, you know. Yes. And to leave him on the bench and to see, well, in my opinion, um, Mares and Grealish playing, or maybe one of the midfield players, maybe the kid you mentioned. I I watched the, the 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 boy about two or three times now. He's a good player on the ball. He's good technically, but I haven't seen him hurt anybody yet. No. Like Kevin De Bruyne can, you know, with yeah. one pass or one cross. And yeah. the big debate yesterday after the match was, well, uh, Haaland is not getting any service, and Graham Souness I think summed it up. Mares and Grealish. Uh, when they're out on the wing with the ball, they don't look to get any crosses in. You know, yep. they're not looking to get past their man, get a cross in. And Haaland is not, well, on yesterday's showing, just didn't get the service. And I think that's down to Guardiola tinkering all the time. Yeah, and John, he had a right go at his team last week. He said, we have too many flowers in the team. And that was his opening sentence. In other words, I'm not sure what the flower reference was to, mm. but it, the implication of it was, too many people who are showy and don't want to go out and sweat. Now, everything Liam said, I agree with. Uh, one thing, the Haaland thing, I mean, a lot of the 31 goals that Haaland has scored in all competitions, that is, have come from De Bruyne because uh, he, he hits those beautiful balls from the inside right position to the far post or near post. And that's, you know, that's a uh, gold for a striker like Haaland. But Haaland isn't really getting a kick, John. I've watched the last two games. So have you, because I know we've been talking during them. He's not getting a kick at the ball. He's making runs, but no ball arrives. No, I, 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 w- I would agree with, uh, with that, Eamon. I think, I don't know, I think Pep is looking for things that are not there, Eamon. Yeah. To be quite honest. And you, you talk about that kid, Rico Lewis. Yeah. He's playing at left back, supposedly. He was in the team sheet. He was on the team sheet. That's what he does. He's playing. He did it before, but the other lad that's gone away that he's just left. I can't think of his name. Cancelo. Cancelo. Yeah. Well, he played, did what he wanted, or maybe what he was told to do, from the left back position. Yeah. To get into midfield. Yeah. Now, this is only a kid. This is only 18 or 19 year old kid. Yeah. And he's playing, he's playing as a defender. He starts off like as a left back, but yeah. then he comes into midfield. Yeah. Now, this is the type of thing that I've seen it happened once only in my life in football where man, that I've seen where managers do get carried away with looking for positions yeah. and tactics that are just not feasible. Yes. You know, and I yeah. think I think uh, Pep is at that stage now. Yeah, and especially with this kid, he's only a kid coming in, and he was in a bad position for the goal. He wasn't in the left back position. No, and he actually he wasn't able to make the challenge, and he gave the ball away, and that's where it ended up at Harry Kane's feet. Yeah, but well, he shouldn't have been. To be honest, then he shouldn't have been where he was. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the point, the point I'm trying to make. He should have been in the left back position where it could have been played out to him. Yeah. And the ball played into him was a, was a suicide pass. We call it in football. He played it up, up behind him. Yeah. That you know he dispossessed. But, but to play somebody in that position, Eamon, Yeah. Generally, 
you know, I, I just don't get it. You know, it, it's looking, well, I'll try this, I'll try this, and I'll try this, and I'll try this. And I think, I've seen it once before in football, where the managers are looking for something that's not really there. Yeah, looking for a, kind of, a certain think, kind of perfection. Yeah, whatever they have in their head. Yeah. You know, like, football is, is a complicated game in itself. You don't have to make it more complicated. I think that's what Pep is doing. And I think as he gets older... He's, he's doing it more and more. No, there's this, I'll do this. I've got this uh, in my head. I've got that in my head. And I think he's at that stage. And it's, 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 there's no sense in it. No. He's at the stage where there's no sense in it. And, uh, that, that's the way I see him doing, especially with this kid, Rico Lewis. He's only 19, 20. And he's a midfield player. And he actually does play more in midfield than he does in left, at the left back yeah. position. It's cra- I find it crazy stuff. Yeah, I do too. And all the papers in England that are all the English papers that I read this morning were saying he was a wonder boy and all of that. He, he certainly hasn't looked at it in the last two games I've seen. Liam, uh, the bench yesterday: De Bruyne, Gundogan, Diaz, Laporte, and the team didn't appear to have any shape. And Haaland got nine touches of the ball. He didn't really have a chance. He made run after run. You know, like an old-fashioned striker, they need an early delivery. What do you make of all of this? Well, look, he's 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 a different he's a different striker than, let's say, Harry Kane, who can link up the play. I mean, yeah. Harry Kane would come deep and receive the ball, and as John says, Harry Kane can make goals as well. But he links things up. He, he's a very good passer of the ball. I don't think Holland is that kind of player. I think he's a bit like an old-fashioned centre forward yeah. that we us guys used to play with. Knock it up, he hold yep. on to it, lay it lay it back for, for for the next pass, and then he's off and he's looking to get in. Or hold it up, bring the wide players into it, and then, you know, he's waiting in the in the box for a good cross, which he didn't get yesterday. No. And some some of the games we've seen this season, there's probably about half a dozen now where he's had very few touches and very few chances. City overplay, I think. They really yes, they do. do. They yeah. overplay. And the one thing a striker like him needs, Liam, I don't, I'm sure you'll agree, is they need it, the ball early. Yeah, but you see, you've got to take every game on its merits, I mean, Tottenham yeah. played very deep, a lot of people behind the ball. Yeah. There wasn't much space to thread passes through. But what there was, was Mares and, and Grealish had plenty of the ball to get crosses in. But they're coming out, they're starting again, it's going, it's going backwards, it's going sideways, it'll go out to Maris, it'll come back to Grealish. And Haaland is, is in that box making, making runs and things like that. It, yesterday was, uh, was a great example of, you know, Manchester City overplaying and not getting the ball into the box, you know, and overplaying for the goal as well. I mean, Rodri yes. should have rolled the ball back to the goalkeeper. It should have been cleared. Yeah. Uh, but, that's that. They have a bit of uh, casualness in their game, you know. Yeah. And I think that's the point Guardiola was trying to make a couple of weeks ago, is they haven't got the fire in the belly this year. Yes. They're not firing in all cylinders. Now, whether it's because they won so much, they won the league title five out of the last six, uh, they've been there and done it, and perhaps the appetite's not there for it anymore. I think that's, that's the point Guardiola's trying to make. Maybe he's trying to shake things up by leaving the Bruyne out and putting a kid like Lewis in. But it, it's backfired on him. And it's backfired on him two or three times this season. Right. And it may cost him the league. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That brings me on, John, to a game we all watched, I'm sure, Everton-Arsenal at Goodison. First game for Sean Dyche, who did such a fabulous job at Burnley for, I think, 10 years, kept him in the Premier League didn't get any money to spend, then they threw him out. Came back with a bang on Saturday. And I must say, I thought Everton were amazing, considering what they've been through. And also remembering, John, that you know Frank Lampard's his good coach, Rafa Benitez, was there. And Marco Silva, who's doing such a great job at Fulham at the moment, all of those guys got sacked. Sean Dyche comes in, and you watched the match. What did he do? It was brilliant. I thought they stormed all over Arsenal, and the Arsenal could not deal with it. Yeah, well, he did that for years at Burnley, I mean. You know, Burnley didn't have two bob to spend, and he kept him in, in, in the Premiership for five or six years, maybe seven years, and then, then they, they sort of threw him out, and they were, go, they were going down anyway. You know, I thought they were very unkind to him, and I think the reputation that he had was, was, wasn't very fair on him either. He was known as a long ball man and not very attractive. But what he did at Burnley to keep them up was amazing. Uh, and he's brought that spirit to Everton. 
uh, did uh, against Arsenal at the weekend. Now, whether they can continue aiming to do that, yes. you know, because they're still lacking players, in my opinion, but he's getting the, all, all the manager can do is get the best out of what he has. Uh, and that was his first match, as we know. And they did extreme, extremely well. You know, they, 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 they got stuck into Arsenal. They did what they, what they should be doing, uh, with the players that he's got. So, I think he's, he's been he's been the best man, or is the best man for the job at Everton, uh, with the people concerned. Now you'd have to say, I mean, going back on the history of Everton with those managers, top class managers yeah. that, that we've you mentioned early on, they weren't buying the players. There's no doubt about that. I mean, no, no. Ancelotti left Everton That's a few right. years ago. <laughs> I forgot to. Go, I forgot Ancelotti, one of the greatest managers in the history of the game. <laughs> exactly. He left them. Yeah. I think he's won what, two two European cups with with, with uh, Real. Real Madrid yeah. since he's gone from Everton. So he knew what was going on there. He knew there was no future for him. They had a, whoever was doing it, the, the 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 director of football or whatever they call them now, uh, and the managers were just left out of the the buying and the selling of the players, yeah. which is a total disaster. And it, it ended it ended up this, that that way. Uh, for all the managers that went, Frank Lampard and Nick had a very, very difficult job uh, to do. But Deich has done, I think, a similar job at Burnley for years and years that needs to be done at Everton at the moment. And I think he's the best man for the job that was, that's been available, Eamon. Right. And uh, Liam, obviously, um, Tarkovsky incidentally scored a goal who they just bought from Burnley. So he would have known Sean Deich and his style. He scored the the winning goal. Liam, a big wake-up call for Arsenal because they have gone away from home this year and they've played their own game. They've been brave. What did you make of what you saw on Saturday? I thought they got uh, uh, bullied out of it, Eamon. Yes. Um, you know, uh, Everton didn't give uh, any of them uh, any player time on the ball, whether it was players at the back or the players in midfield. Uh, they really pressurised them, rushed them into things, and Arsenal didn't cope with it. Yeah, I think the first goal was very, very important. Arsenal, Everton had a, two or three good chances in the first half as well. You know, Calvert Lewin uh, yes. had a couple of really good chances, but Arsenal, Niketia had one that he blasted over the bar, and and there was one kicked off the line, I think, by Connor Cody mm. from Saka. So the goal made a huge difference. It gave Everton the strength to, to hang on in there, and they really hung on in there well. Uh, I thought Arsenal lost ahead a bit. Yeah. They, uh, I think Arteta mentioned it after a game. They were giving away silly fouls themselves. Everton were happy with that, breaking the game up, you yeah. know, letting the clock run down. Um, Everton well deserved. Arsenal didn't cope with the pressure that they were put under, and. You know, we've we've touched upon this in recent yes. recent weeks, talking about Arsenal's uh, title uh, uh, aspirations. Um, they're going to be able to. They're going to have to be able to handle games like this, Eamon. Yes. And they didn't do it on the, at the weekend. And I think you know they're a young team. Yes. A couple of things that you'd, you'd say: what was going on there? The Tafkowski was being marked by Odegaard. Now, Odegaard is only about 5'8", five 5'9". Five yeah. And, and he's marking the centre-back. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Things like that weren't right. And you're right, it's a wake-up call. And they have to get things sorted out and uh, and get going again because Tottenham did them a big, a big, big favour by beating Manchester City. So if they can get back on track again next week, 
It could be a blip that you might just forget about, but it was a bit worrying to watch. Yeah, and uh, John, Arsenal have to play City twice in the league. The first one, I think, is Wednesday, is next Wednesday week. Those games would be hugely important. How concerned would you be if you're an Arsenal fan that this was just a one-off and they'll learn from it, John? Or is it we just have to wait and see, don't we? Because we have talked about the pressure of being contenders, of winning the Premier League and having a lead as well, a substantial lead, five points plus a game in hand. Yeah, well, every game is different, Damon. And I think Everton, in the way they approached the match at the weekend, was the worst thing that could happen to Arsenal. Yes. You know, if Arsenal are playing Manchester United, they're playing in a certain way. Uh, and as Liam mentioned, um, I think mentioned there, like they, they didn't cope well with the with the pressure and the physical aspect of the game yes. with Everton. Now they won't get that every week, Damon. You no. know, Everton are desperate, and that's that's what uh, Dice does anyway, and it worked for them. And uh, Arsenal didn't respond very well to that. But they're not going to get that every week. Yes. You know, I think I think I'd, I'd back uh, Arsenal more against Manchester United in a match. Yes. Then Everton at Everton, the way things are at the moment. So I think they'll pick up from that. I think they'll learn from it uh, and go on and doing what they're do, doing what they've done well all season. I right. don't think it's. I don't think they. I don't think it'll slip up. You know. I don't think they'll pack it in in any way. I think they'll get back to their best, and their best is playing against the teams that they're used to playing against and being allowed to play more than Everton allowed them to play. Yeah, now the Manchester United are third in the table. Uh, Eric Ten Hag appears to be doing a good job. There's a discipline in the side. There's a structure that you can recognise. They only beat Crystal Palace, uh, you know, two one. They didn't murder them or anything like that. But Palace under Vieira haven't been that easy to beat. And then, unfortunately, Casemiro got sent off. I looked at this. And I think, Liam, he was unlucky to be sent off. Because when you slow-mo it, it looks as if he's trying to choke the Crystal Palace player, the midfield player. But actually, in real time, it was, his it, hands were in his neck only for 10 seconds. Yeah, well, it was a free-for-all, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, on the sideline, I mean, yeah. And, uh, well, you can't just do that anymore, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you might have been able to grab somebody around the throat in our day, but when yeah. you're on television and things like that, you can't. And I think he had two hands around his throat. He so, did, yeah. He definitely uh, on, was. On, yeah. on Will, Will Hughes was the Crystal Palace uh, player. He came on as sub. Um, but Manchester United are doing well, I mean, they're, they're picking this, you know, this. It's yeah. the same team, you know, week in, week out. He's got, he's got consistency in the selection. Um, Rashford is scoring a lot of goals. Uh, I haven't seen Weghorst do much, but he likes him up there. He's a bit of a, you know, a target man for the team. And, uh, he, he's come in since, since they got him in. Uh, he's been playing week in, week out. Casemiro's an important player. Um, uh, they've got consistency in the team. Juan Bazaka, uh, they've got him going again, you know, so. I think Ten Hag has done a very, very good job, but they're not—they're not the Manchester, an expansive Manchester no. United. They're not a, a, a great team to watch. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when you come in and you have a difficult job like Ten Hag has, the first thing is to get results and 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 show that uh, you know you 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 know what you're doing as a coach. And I think he's demonstrating that. 
You know, the third yes. in the league. They're looking good for the Champions League this season. Uh, and uh, they're in the final of the League Cup. Yep. So I, I think they've, you know, done, he's done a really, really good job. Yeah, uh, John, that was the 13th straight victory at Old Trafford, which in itself is a feat. Marcus Rashford has scored an awful lot of goals, nine, I think, in his last 10 games. And he has always had the potential. He's got the pace and, and the, the game to be, I'm not sure if what his, his best position is. That's always been the question with Marcus Rashford, I think, John. But Ten Hag is doing a good job. Would you agree with Liam? And I'd, I'd agree with Liam. Yeah, eventually. Eamon. Yes. Well, first of all, on the sending off, I can't see why you can't see your man not being sent off, Amo. I know it's it's. it's well, a, I actually it's a thought rap. it happened really quick, and I didn't think he was. I didn't. I wasn't joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in slow mo, uh, it's like the yeah, slow mo looked even worse. <laughs> yeah, but that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Anyway, that's why the way. I mean, it's more important okay. things we're talking about, Dave. I think Van Van Hag. Uh, Senhag yeah. has got it right eventually. Yes. Damon. Yes. I think when he first came in, I think uh, when Ronaldo wanted to transfer, yeah, I think he should have acted then and said, "Right, out you go." Yes. It's no coincidence that since Ronaldo is gone, that they've actually picked up as a team. Yes. You can't run a club in the way Ronaldo was behaving, Damon. Yeah. He wouldn't go on a sub. He walked out of the dressing room before he. I mean, he, was, he wanted a transfer immediately. Yeah. Get out. Right. And get the team gone. And since then, it's no coincidence, I don't think, that Ronaldo's gone. He's picked up. He's got a team. All the players are in it together now, rather than having somebody like Ronaldo acting the clown and doing what he wanted to do. Yeah. So he's got it right eventually. I think he should have kicked him out straight away. And I think since then, he's done a really good job. Yeah, I just said to both of you, Liam, first, uh, the, the one thing that he, he, they're a million miles away, as you said, from the expansive Manchester United, which is traditionally the, what we love them for and what they're renowned for. He's going to need money to, to, to buy those players if he can. And it's highly unlikely, uh, this is a caution for Manchester United fans. Uh, he's highly unlikely to get the money from the Glazers, Liam, because they're looking to sell. They're looking for six, somewhere between six and eight billion for the club. So if they're looking to sell, they're highly un unlikely to be investing in players. And they, they gave him a right few bobs since he's been there, I mean, you know. Yeah. Because he's what, Martinez, the, the, for yeah, a lot of money yes. from Ajax. Anthony, yeah. Anthony is another one. Casimiro, you know. Yeah, 60 million Casimiro. I think they backed him, I think. I think the Glazers want to sell, but they also want to sell a Champions League team, you know. Right. So, yes. uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You have to get the basics right. John's absolutely right about the Ronaldo scene. He, it couldn't have been easy for Ten Hag when Ronaldo was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, the likes of Roy Keane saying uh, Ten Hag was, was, was wrong to leave him out, you know. He's yes. a proven goal scorer, wrong to leave him out. Ronaldo is only for Ronaldo, particularly last in the in the last few years. You know, it's all yes. about him. We saw that with Portugal in the World Cup as well. Yes. Um, so he had to sort a, a good few problems out, and uh, I think he's done that. I think he's got the basics right now. 
we have to wait and see whether uh, you know he can improve the forward line. I do think they need a centre forward. I don't think Wakehorse is, is is the answer, is he? You know, no, no, so, no, he's not. Um, no, no. But he's got them. He's got them playing as a as a team. They're winning. They're confident. Um, and I think they definitely finish in the top four. So uh, he's done a good job. He's done a good job. That will be a result if they get Champions League next season. Uh, I just want to mention to John and to you, Liam, that today, February the 6th, is the 65th anniversary of the Munich air crash. John, you were at the club at the time. It was eight players died. Samat Busby nearly died. And um, it was one of those moments that, like the assassination of John F. Kennedy, where people remember where they were when it when they heard the news, I was in a hairdresser's in Drumcondra after school. John, you were at the club. It was a terrible tragedy, and it took a long time for everyone to get over it. And it's just worth remembering briefly that great team and the promise that they had. Oh, it was terrible, Eamon. I mean, I mean yeah. this this was a team. There, I think the average age was twenty two. And I think they won the league or two two, two leagues before the the, yeah. the the crash. Um, you know, they hadn't even reached their peak no. as a football team, Eamon. And uh, it was it was a very sad, very sad situation. Uh, as you said, eight players, eight people killed in 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 the, in the crash because they were. I think they were trying to hurry home, Eamon. Yes. Uh, you know, at that time the FA didn't. Didn't want English teams to be playing. No, and they were afraid of missing their Saturday, Saturday. They were supposed to play Wolverhampton Wanderers, and they had, Busby felt they had to get home for that. And that's always been a I think, mystery. I think it was more important yeah. than that, Eamon. I think it was the, the FA brought in a rule that you've got to be home 24 hours before the, the match on the Saturday, right. or else you were going to be fined. Yep. yep. Now, this is only my take on it, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what was the big. What was the big hurry getting home? But anyway, I mean, the actual disaster was dreadful for the club, as we know. Um, you know, the, the, the most young players, great players, uh, that that were were were, were, were yeah. killed in the, the Munich. Liam Whelan from Dublin, yeah, who was a great player and a leading scorer at the club. He also died. I don't yeah, want yeah. to, as to say, labour the point. You were. At, you, I asked you. We've talked about this privately before. You were in Old Trafford when the news first broke. Yeah, there was. We were down back training for the U team yeah. at that time, and yeah. it was in the, in the afternoon. We were back in the, and uh, the news came through then. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you had to go back to your digs. It was it was a very very bad time for everybody. I mean, there was no uh, like mo- I I spent most of my time going to the funerals in around the Manchester area. Um, yes. But there was there was it was. Um, and we were told not to come to the ground. Yes. For for two weeks, yeah. you know. So, yeah. to be honest, you didn't know where to put yourself. Yeah, no. You know, and I, I wasn't close to the ground. I knew Liam Whelan very well. He was very good to me. He looked after me in, in a certain way when I was when I was at Old Trafford. Um, but it was it was it was very very sad and and difficult time for the club. There's no doubt about that. Liam, are you too young to remember the Munich air crash? Uh, well, I was the youngest of a, of a, you know, quite a big family. You know yes, my family, I, I do, of course, John yes. does as well. Yeah. So my brothers were uh, 
probably just gone to England then. You know, Ray certainly yes. had gone to play for Millwall in and England. Pat, but yeah. our family was it was a football family, and it was just a terrible, terrible tragedy, and made all the worse by, as you mentioned, that Liam Whelan was one of the one of the people who died. You know, so I I, I think Manchester United were a popular team by that stage in Ireland, uh, yeah, but when this happened, you know. Everybody was Manchester United, and I was a Manchester United fan growing up, and I think the Munich air crash had a lot to do with that. I was two years of age when it happened. Yes, I was um, uh, I was a bit old. I was, I think... Uh, you were a lot older than that. I was, I was 12. <laughs> I was in the barbers, and the radio was on, and it didn't say anything uh, tragic. It said there had been a problem with a plane... Uh-huh carrying the Manchester United team back from their game uh, and it was at Munich Airport but the the bad news came and it was a terrible day that uh, for Manchester United for Manchester as a city which is uh, a wonderful city and uh, there was a very special Irish connection there particularly with Liam Whelan and on the day that's in it it's good to pause and think about it Uh, We're grateful to John, Giles, to Liam Brady, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.